nutrition, gut health, mental health, hormones, and so much more. These all play roles in sustainable weight management. So I scour the globe for top experts in fitness, health, and weight loss to bring to you this podcast. So take a seat and enjoy the ride. So, 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 welcome back to the Zico Health Show. This is weight management expert, Narado Zico Powell. And boy, oh boy, or can I say, ma'am, oh ma'am, <laughs> do I have a powerful episode for you today. Yes, I have Kristen Bowen, founder of the Living the Good Life Naturally. Kristen's story is so amazing. I mean, she... She used to have autoimmune issues and a series of failed surgeries left her bedridden and depressed with daily seizures. Let me say that again, daily seizures. My mind can't even fathom that. But through research and looking for outside-of-the-box solutions, she discovered how to regain her health and she needed to build a strong foundation to do so including healthy food, which is, of course, we know how important that is, and the number one building block, magnesium, which by some estimates, up to 80% of Americans are not getting enough magnesium. And many health experts consider it to be the number one mineral deficiency in the world. I mean, 80%, that's that's a lot of people that's not getting enough. But worldwide, there's just a big deficiency. And to make it all worse, in many cases, magnesium deficiency are undiagnosed. And I'm not going to get into that whole reason why that is, but that's another thing on top of that. So in this episode, what we're going to talk about, how you can advocate for your own health, the importance of knowing your magnesium burn rate, do Epsom salts work as well as magnesium, and a whole lot more. And with that being said, let's welcome Kristen to the show. Hey, Kristen, how are you? I'm so good. I'm so glad to be here. I think that was the best pre-interview I've ever had for a podcast. So it gets me really excited for you and I to connect with each other during this podcast. Oh, thank you so much. You know what? You do such amazing work, and I want my audience to know why they need to listen to this episode, because I absolutely love what you do. So thank you so much for being here. So with that being said, I already know a lot about you, but tell my audience about yourself. Tell us about your work, About tell us your story. Okay. So I, just over 20 years ago, um, just had my third baby and was having bladder issues. So I went back to my OBGYN. They did a surgery, simple bladder tie-up, very common surgery, and my life ended and began on that table. So I coded several times during the surgery, and that's when the seizures started. And it was a three-and-a-half-year-long journey trying to put the puzzle pieces back together. I ended up on 
catheters and feeding tubes and all colostomy bags. My body just shut down. We found out um, my husband was relentless and is what it was, was a allergic reaction to titanium. The screws that they used during the surgery, um, there's a thing called Melissa syndrome, and that's where you have a reaction to titanium. But at the time, they thought titanium was inert. So we didn't know to ask those questions, and they didn't know to look. Therefore, I had all these crazy symptoms, and nobody understood what was happening. And so that is what led me to falling in love <laughs> with magnesium and ended up becoming a magnesium advocate and having the privilege of helping thousands of people achieve cell saturation. Wow. Again, your your story is amazing. You're going to have so many great things to share. So thank you so much for breaking that down for us. My mind is still back there somewhere thinking about daily seizures. Oh, I, I, sometimes they were hourly. And it That's, was always on my right side. I always lost bladder control when it happened. And, um, and, and you know, we talked during the pre-interview as, as a fellow seizure person that after a seizure, you just, you feel like you've been run over by a truck. It's, it's exhausting. I had, looking back, I had the insulation of being so sick that I didn't realize how bad it was. My family, however, did not. And they really had to live it at a in a completely different way than I did. And I'm really incredibly grateful for the incredibly intelligent choice that I made of marrying my husband because he would not give up. And he just kept fighting and advocating for me, trying to put those puzzle pieces together. I'm sure if you ask him, he would say that he's the lucky one. So. Oh, I am. <laughs> we're sappy. We've been married 35 years and we're sappier now. <laughs> I, I think I'm the lucky one when it comes to that choice. <laughs> but, but, but that's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. So <laughs> let's go to the next question, right? Okay. Why is it, why is it important for overall health to, to claim your health and journey for your own? So in this age of social media and marketing and commercials, we're pulled in so many different ways. Eat this. No, don't eat that. It's not good for you. Do this. No, don't do that. And it's so, at least for me, it's it was so confusing. And I'd do what my sister did because it was successful for her, but it didn't work for me. Or I'd do what my girlfriend did and it worked for her, but it didn't work for me. And so I think it's so important that we take our power back and we become the CEO of our own body. We're in charge. And I used to go to doctors and I would lay that responsibility on them, right? Like, oh, they were all knowing. And now I go to doctors very differently. I'm in charge and I've invited them to be on my board of directors. And I take their, I listen to their advice, their thoughts. And then ultimately that decision and that accountability is up to me versus playing the victim that I used to and going to my doctor, laying the responsibility on him, but never taking responsibility that I was addicted to caffeine and drink soda 
like I should have in the amounts that most people drink water. I wasn't getting enough sleep. I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't fueling my body. And so that crash was actually the beginning for me because it helped me recognize I needed to take more responsibility for my health. And that's, that's a big, scary jump. If you're already overwhelmed, which I was, and then you have to take more responsibility, that's another layer of adding to the overwhelm. And so that's when I really had to learn that overwhelm is not an emotion. Overwhelm is a lack of action. And so I wasn't taking action and taking more accountability went hand in hand with taking more action. And I was addicted to learning. I just learned, learned, you know, I, and I still do. I love the process of learning. I love it. You have to take action on that learning. And when you don't, you start to create a divide in your body and illness comes with that divide. Wow. That's really true. I mean, we talked about my story with my asthma and that's the same thing happened to me. I just, I'm a natural learner myself. I've actually taken strength tests and learning has always come up as number one or in my top three. And that's when I, I had to realize I had to take control of my own health. And when I asked the doctor questions about my nutrition, they couldn't really answer it. So I said, you know what? I'm going to read books. I'm going to talk to individuals who have done what I've done and see how can I can improve myself. And pod, well, listening to podcasts was such a crucial step in that. Not only did I learn from health experts, but they also, whenever they bring on, brought on a guest and they had a book that I could read, I could learn, I used those as awesome tools in my journey. And one of the big things that I had to learn was nothing that I learned was a trick to fix anything. Because in today's society, we have a mindset of, you know what, let me do this. Is that going to make me better? I'm going to do that. That should make me better. Pills don't even do that. They make you, make you feel better and help you with the symptoms, right? Or the medication, but they come with other side effects. The really the only way to, to really help yourself, and I'm not going to use the word heal for legal reasons, <laughs> but to really help yourself is to get to the root cause of the issue. And you can only get to the root cause by taking it into your own hands. Because then what? The doctors see you for once a month or once every two months or whenever for 30 minutes or an hour. How well do they really know you? Yeah. You know yourself best. And that's and in my humble opinion, as humble as it may come, <laughs> will, be the, <laughs> will be the reason why you need to take action on your own health. I agree. Now, with saying that, how can someone advocate for their own health? And this is the kicker, especially when their doctor is not listening. Find a different doctor who does. Is matching, finding a good fit is critical. And again, I go back to creating a board of directors on my board of directors. So let's, let's take the health end away and let's go to a business end. In my business, 
I am not an accountant and I do not have skills in accounting. So I needed to bring someone on. And the first couple of accountants that I brought on, <laughs> they frustrated me as much as I frustrated them because I don't care about the numbers. And I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do, not because the numbers. And it was constant conflict, which I don't thrive in conflict. And I realized, oh, wait a minute. I have the power to say, this is not a good fit. See you later, baby. And it took several accountants until I found an accountant that has those skills, but he's respectful of the fact that the numbers don't matter to me. And there are times that I'm going to do something, even if the numbers on paper don't add up. And he's okay with me being me. He's an amazing fit on my board of directors. So just because I had an accountant didn't mean it was the right fit. And I look at doctors the same way. I have a doctor, several on my board of directors, but they weren't the first doctor that I went to because I had to find someone who was a right fit for me. And if they're not listening, that's number one red flag for me. You need to listen so that we can come up with a plan together so that I enjoy optimal health. Right. Because if they're not listening in my head, you're going over a checklist. Okay. The person have this symptom and that symptom and that, okay, right. I'm going to, this medication might work. It might give them any leakage or something, but we're going to try it anyway. <laughs> 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 We laugh at those commercials, but I've never heard it put that way. That I, I am going to share that one with my husband. <laughs> that was from, um, who was it? Uh, Robin Williams years ago. There was a prescription and one of the side effects was anal leakage. I don't remember which one it was. And, anal and Robin Williams said, um, if my anal is leaking, that's not a side effect. That's an effect. <laughs> It you is. might get out of the might get out of the pool there. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so. you know, sometimes when before I made that jump of and that transition of really changing how I took care of my body, I was on so many medications that I didn't know what was a side effect and what was a symptom. Now, with that being said, I I want to make it really clear I'm not anti-medication. Sometimes you need it as a bridge to get to where you want to go, but it's not the end all and it's not optimal health, but I have no problems using something to get to where I want to be. I, one of my philosophies that came from that crash is leave no stone unturned. And so I have turned over some of those stones called medication, even though I'm living the good life naturally, because I've used that to bridge me to where I'm at now. And you're so right. I do give that caveat sometimes as well, that I'm not anti-medication because there are times it is needed. Like if I get hit by a bus, I'm not going to inhale some uh, essential oils and be like, you know what? I'll be fine. My leg would just yeah. attach itself. That's not how this works, right? But Absolutely. however- you know, for a day-to-day -day maintenance, if I have a headache, for example, I don't go straight to a pill. Usually it's because I didn't get enough sleep right. or I'm under stress or something is going on. And I instead of jumping to, um, to something that's going to destroy my gut, right? Right. NSAIDs that would 
basically destroy my good gut bacteria, I try to find a natural solution. But if I have a chronic issue, medication can be something to bridge you to where you can do those natural things. Well, and I, you know, when you were saying that, it's that headache is your body communicating to you. And so I like to think of it as a friend. So if I had a friend and they were communicating to me and I kept shutting them down, eventually they're not going to show up and have lunch with me anymore because I keep shutting them down. Our body's the same way. That headache is communicating. It's asking you, stop, look, listen, what's happening? What's off? Why is there a headache in this beautiful machinery that we've been gifted? And if we're shutting that down, eventually the body stops showing up too, and it stops communicating. And so I think it's really important that we build this connection with our body and we learn how to communicate with it and, and pick up on those cues that it's giving us. And almost every relationship counselor that I know would say that the number one factor in a healthy relationship, communication. Yes. Listening. I'll go to my husband and I'll say, please do not fix me. I just need you to listen. And so he pretends to put his listening hat on. And that's literally the success of our marriage is that listening to each other and really not listening to solve it, but just listening and being there. there And that's what we need to do with our bodies. We need to just listen and take a moment and just sit with it. Why, Why do I have this headache? What's off? Is it hydration? Is it salt? Is it sleep? Is it not enough light? Is it not enough magnesium? You know, what, what is it that's off? And perfect segue. And now we're going to talk about magnesium, right? Oh, I could talk about that for a long time. <laughs> well, we're going to let this baby roll. <laughs> First, I want to talk about magnesium burn rate. What exactly is it? And how can I discover mine? Okay, so... Everyone needs magnesium. We have that in common. Magnesium, um, so many people are focused on their vitamin D levels. We're understanding at a deeper level as a society how important vitamin D is to our immune system. Well, you don't get low vitamin D unless your magnesium dropped first. And your magnesium levels and my magnesium levels are very important but my needs might be different than your needs. So for example, I have post-traumatic stress disorder. I had a lot of trauma as a kid and there are certain scents and smells that trigger me. I still experience some triggers. When I get that trigger, I'm losing magnesium. It's being pushed out through my urine because cortisol goes up. So as someone who experiences PTSD, I have a higher need for magnesium than my husband, who's Mr. Chill. Everything's going to be okay, even if the boat's going down and there's no way to save himself. He's just going to be like, hey, it's going to work out. And that's literally how he breathes. It's, honey, it's all going to be okay. It's, it's going to work out where I get those triggers. And so because of that, our magnesium burn rate is very different. So his magnesium needs and my magnesium needs are very different. My autoimmune means I use up more magnesium in my body. The way we eat 
uses up more magnesium in our body if we're not eating in alignment with what we need. A lot of a lot of sugar, a lot of processed foods, you're burning up your magnesium. Soda drinker, you're burning up magnesium. And so understanding your own burn rate is so important because then you're not being pulled take this, do that. No, you need this much. No, take this much. When you're soaking in magnesium and your goal is achieving cell saturation with magnesium, being at 6.3 or above, then you have a deeper understanding and a deeper connection and more mindfulness when it comes to your body because you recognize how powerful you really are the way you choose to breathe, the way you choose to handle situations. So if you're someone who's very reactive, you probably are living in a calcium dominant body because calcium, you become more reactive. It's solid. It doesn't move. And magnesium is fluid and calms you down. And so Understanding that, understanding your body and your responses and your needs, that's when I see women, and that, that's who I interact with the most is women. That's when I see them really become more empowered because they're understanding that relationship and communication with their body, and they're tapped into being preventative instead of chasing symptoms. Preventative is, oh, okay, I just had some external stress hit. Therefore, I'm going to really focus on my breathing right now. And by doing so, they're bringing their cortisol levels down and they are literally dictating how magnesium leaves their body. But we forget how powerful we are, that we're navigating our own minerals by the choices that we make every day. So you just made, wow. I mean, the connection between stress and magnesium seems to be huge because then you're creating more inflammation. Uh You're raising your cortisol levels, Uh right? Hormonal imbalances and so on and so forth. So then by creating these issues, your body then needs more magnesium. Uh But then the other side of that is if 80% of Americans, and I'm sorry, I don't have the stats for the rest of the world, but I'm pretty sure it's high in the rest of the world as well, are magnesium deficient. And that's just counting a recommended daily value. That's not counting your burn Remember, we have to talk about recommended daily value. Recommended daily value is just to barely keep you alive. Like Mm -hmm. I've, I've been there. I've been barely alive before and it's not pretty. It's, It's not fun. My goal is not barely alive. My goal is thriving. And and so recommended daily is just, that's not even a part of my equation. Exactly. And then let's say hypothetically, that's the, that's the floor. We're not right. even meeting that. So, but then we're not getting the optimal amount. And then you're not getting based on what you're burning. Right. So and then understanding just, that is so important. And for example, um, you take someone who's experienced trauma and it might not even have been in their childhood. That might've been something that was happening to a community or something that was happening to your family. And if you're magnesium deficient, your nervous system has a hard time turning off your fight or flight. 
So the next time something happens, you're overreacting to that because the last thing that happened, you didn't have enough magnesium to turn off your fight or flight. And so you just become this perpetual escalating machine of cortisol and you cannot heal with an excess of cortisol. It, you cannot create health with excess cortisol. And so that magnesium becomes literally the first step your body needs to bring that cortisol down. And please know, I'm, I, I, you know, quote, magnesium advocate. I love magnesium. I'm passionate about it. I am not saying it cures everything and that all of your illness will go away when you soak in magnesium. It does affect everything that's going on in your body though. And it does jumpstart those processes that those things went off Need where they need the jump start and that spark to restart again. Wow. So then well, regarding the burn rate, is that a test that you take to figure that out? Is that something that you do with your clients yes. to help them to yes. figure that out? Yes. So you can go to walk-in labs. I'm not affiliated with them. I have used them for the last 20 years. Go to walkinlabs.com enter your zip code, make sure that there's a lab in your area that you can get to within a reasonable amount of time. I live in Morro Bay, California, and I have numerous within minutes. I have friends that live in Dakota. She has to drive an hour, you know, so you've got to make sure there's a lab that's doable for you. And then you buy a magnesium red blood cell test runs about $47. You can usually find a coupon. Then you go to that lab, you show them that you've paid for it. They take your blood and then they upload it to the, um, the online portal when you purchased the, the test and they tell you where your red blood cell number is at. And we want it at, well, I want it at 6.3 or above. That's when you're at cell saturation. When you have magnesium around every cell for your heart, for your pancreas, for your bones, for your mental health, for your serotonin uptake, all of that magnesium, where if you just test your serum, your blood serum, it's so vital to keep you alive that your body will pull from every organ in your body to keep your blood serum at 1% magnesium levels. I don't want to know if I'm alive. I want to thrive. And so that's why it's so important to do the red blood cell test to determine not just what's happening in your serum, but what's happening around all of your organs, your thyroid, your hormones, your brain function, your gut function. That sounds very similar to when I talk to clients about um, calorie deficiency, because a lot of times we say, you know what, I want to lose weight. I'm going to burn 2000 calories and eat a thousand. I'll be fine. And I'm like, and I tell them, do you know what you're doing to yourself? Yeah, your body's main job is to keep you alive it's going to it's going to take the whatever minerals or calories or whatever it can take right whatever nutrients and push it to where your body can use it best but then a lot of the other processes are going to be neglected over time which you're literally shortening your lifespan by being a calorie deficit for a super long time but if you train your body however to know how to use nutrients properly 
that's when you start to manage your weight and your metabolism become flexible. And I'm not going to get into all that at this right. time of the podcast, but that's exactly what you're explaining to me when it comes to magnesium. So that I, I love the fact that you brought up um, taking the tests and I'll put that in the show notes as well. So individuals oh, are familiar with um, getting that test and, um, and it's only what he said, 40 some dollars. You can probably get a discount, but even yeah, if you, you don't, can find discounts on it almost all the time. And even if you don't, you know what? It's an investment in your health. I'm well, sure. You know, I ask people when, when they'll like, oh, getting healthy is so expensive. And I really think that needs a filter change because, you know, look at the car in your driveway. Do you ever not change the oil in your car? And, you know, you might change it yourself, but I go take, I go take my car in to have the oil changed. That's part of maintaining that car. And, and the cost of that car and making sure that that car functions, our bodies are so much more valuable than the car that sits in my driveway. And it's just a part of the maintenance of taking care of our body. Exactly. And if you don't think your body is as important as a car, then you may want to rethink your thought process. We've got to right? reevaluate priorities, right? Now, why is magnesium best absorbed through the skin? I'm very interested in this answer. Okay, so you can you can help keep me short on this one because I will die on this hill. <laughs> I will die fighting on this hill. So I, I will try to really keep this concise. Synthetic nutrition does not work. No matter how much we're marketed to, no matter how beautiful the health food store is that you're standing in, no matter how good you feel when you're buying that beautiful package of synthetic nutrition, when we eat a box of cold cereal, it's been fortified with 100% of all those vitamins. Common sense, you and I both know, and so do your listeners, you're not going to get healthy eating cold cereal, even though it has all of those nutrients, minerals, vitamins, all that good stuff. But then we walk across the street to a health food store and we pay premium money for the same synthetic nutrition and we expect it to get us healthy. Synthetic nutrition does not work. In fact, it not only doesn't work, it's detrimental. Synthetic nutrition as ascorbic acid messes up your body's ability to store iron. Synthetic nutrition as synthetic iron messes up your body's ability to circulate iron and it starts clogging the iron. And we can, oh, synthetic vitamin D that's not from the sun or from a whole food source stops your body from utilizing cholesterol and converting it to vitamin D. So it's not only it's not working, but it's stopping the processes in our body for it to work. So why would I go to a synthetic magnesium when magnesium is the gateway to open up every process in your body and it determines how your mitochondria function. And so synthetic magnesium to me is, it needs to be upgraded. 
When we soak in a magnesium that is from the sea, a sea brine magnesium that has not been watered down, that has not been manufactured in a lab, that has the cofactors there, that's what moves our red blood cell numbers. And that's why soaking is optimal. You cannot take synthetic magnesium and get to cell saturation because it would mess up your digestion it would cause you massive issues and it doesn't get you to cell saturation. Soaking does. So for me, I soak in magnesium. I eat magnesium rich foods and I maintain cell saturation that way. Wow. That's really huge too. And you know, I was thinking about the example with the cereal, right? You fortify it. Of course, we know about the sugars and all the other stuff that comes along with it. Our natural flavors that come from a beaver's butt and all the other stuff. But then you give us all these vitamins and minerals that our body can't absorb because not only are they synthetic, but no food in nature comes with 100% vitamin C or 100% vitamin D. And on top of that, it doesn't come with 100% of six different vitamins and four different minerals. Like it doesn't, that, your body doesn't work like that. Right. right. It doesn't work. It's not able to break all that stuff down. So that's another reason why food is so important. And your skin, you mentioned a lot of people don't realize our skin is our number one detox organ. The water that we take, what we shower with, what we wash our face with, what we use to, to um, the soap that we use to, to, to wash our faces with or on our hands and so on and so forth. The hand sanitizers that we use that can throw off your estrogen levels. Um, you so now you're talking about using magnesium and magnesium soap, which you gave to me, by the way. Thank you very much. That was oh, fantastic. You're so very welcome. <laughs> and I absolutely love it. I need to get some more. And that's so good for our bodies, right? Because we spend time soaking in it and absorbing the magnesium that are that are readily usable by our bodies, instead of a synthetic version that, combined with a bunch of other crap, that yeah. our bodies really can't break down at the same time anyway. Yeah. You know, you brought up um, fortification and the French do not and will not allow their food to be fortified and their autoimmune issues are minuscule compared to those in the United States. That fortification and for some reason, you know, marketing, we go to the health food store and all of a sudden we feel so good and we feel like we're making these great choices but we're still buying synthetic fortification. We're just paying a premium for it. Exactly. I always tell individuals, 80% of my diet is natural, if not more, is natural, really. I cook most of my food. Luckily, I'm at home most of the time. So, you know, I have, I use my air fryer, my indoor grill, you know, I throw it on the stove, but I cook most of my food. I get my meat delivered from Butcher Box, or organic meats, um, grass-fed. I, I love to eat natural I love beets. I love vegetables. Um, Ashley Farrison, who had on the show, explained to me that we need to expose our bodies to at least 30 different plant foods a week. Yeah. That doesn't mean we need to eat different 30 plant foods. That could be through your drink. That could be through your spices. That could be through, you know, the peppers that you use. You know, there's so many different ways you can expose your body to these different type of plant foods and get those important phytonutrients instead of to, you know, getting some honey nut Cheerios and thinking, oh, this is great for my heart. And it has right. some vitamin D. There is, there is a heart seltzer that's advertised on TV that I looked at it and I said to myself, what's the world coming to? It's fortified with vitamin C. 
Yep. And they advertise it as healthy. Yeah. And I said to my, and I texted to a bunch of my colleagues that I know, and I said, "Have you seen this ad yet?" And they're like, "Yeah, I can't believe this is what the world is coming to." Like we're yeah. thinking, hard seltzer is healthy because it's fortified with vitamin C. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Well, you know, when you were talking about um, the foods that you eat and and how how privileged are we that we have the ability to do that? And I've had times in my life, I haven't had that privilege to be able to buy the healthy foods. And if someone's out there listening right now, please know that reducing your cortisol, sleeping, getting light, staying hydrated, and, and microgreens that are pennies, if you will add those simple things in, I promise you your health will change. So because it's so easy to think, I, I, I can't afford being healthy, it's too expensive. But we need to get back to that grandma wisdom of the basics, quality sleep, quality light, quality hydration keeping and managing those emotions and our cortisol and keeping that balanced and then add those microgreens in and every single person over the last 20 years that I've been working with people that have done that have had dramatic increase of health. And yep, so it's, it's just so important. I, 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 I want to make sure because I haven't always been at a point in my life that I had the ability to order from butcher. You know, it just, there are ways that you can do it for a family that are very economical. And one of the things, um, the women that I work with, one of the things I'm always asking them is, when did you celebrate last? When did you laugh last? When did you dance last? When did you sing? Because those types of things help keep the natural rhythms going in our body. And it's easy to roll our eyes. and But we've become such a doing society. Do the next thing. Do the next thing. Do the next thing. And we need to sit back and remember to be. Be happy. Be joyful. And really create gratitude internally. And, and in doing so, in creating that gratitude and moving our hips and getting some favorite music on and, and really dancing and experiencing the music, we're actually holding on to the magnesium that we do have. And that's powerful. And when you recognize the power that you have in your movements to maintain your magnesium status, that's when women start taking more accountability with ease instead of more accountability with burden because with burden stresses you out and getting healthy shouldn't be a stressful experience. It's a joyful one. We're healthy. We want to be healthy to go and do those big things. This last week, I, I literally lived the ultimate of my dreams of being with three little grandbabies on the beach climbing trees, finding sea glass. And I was able to climb every rock with them as a 56-year-old grandma with post-traumatic stress, autoimmune, bone-on-bone -bone knees. That to me is health. That's what I've been able to build. And I've built it through taking action. And so if there's somebody out there listening right now, there are so many things that can be put into place that you can do right now that don't cost 
a penny, that you can change your magnesium status in your body. You can go from calcium dominance to magnesium rich by doing those simple things that our grandmothers did. And that was staying hydrated, sleeping, microgreens, those, those beautiful, simple things. One of my favorite songs to sing on the guitar oh. is uh, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Oh, I, I love, love it. And I love it that you play the guitar. Two of my kids play the guitar, and I love listening to them play and sing. I love that. Yes. Some of the simple songs, I was sitting just strum and sing, and I don't have the best singing voice in the world. Um, Neither do I, but I, I love to sing. <laughs> right? I've been told I have a good speaking voice, but the singing mm, needs a little work. But <laughs> but that's my moment. And my friends, I always say to my friends that when I'm strumming and singing, I won't even answer the phone because yeah. I'm just enjoying myself. You're in the moment. You're not right. worrying about the future. You're not stressed out about the past. You're just in that moment. And I think as a society, we need more people talking about the moments that they have to remind people it's okay to take a break and have that moment when you're just caught up in something that you love so much that's bringing you such joy that you're just in that moment. Exactly. And we can we can go on this topic forever. So I'm going to move on a little okay. bit. Okay. <laughs> I told you you'd have to. <laughs> before we move on, though, because you were talking about, I talked about the magnesium soap. What are some other uh, products that you have that are that are amazing? Oh, so one of my favorites, and I've, I've talked a little bit about my grandbabies. I've got grandbabies on the mind, mind as they just left. When they started being born, I recognized some magnesium deficiency symptoms. Acid reflux is a magnesium deficiency in mama because mama can only pass on the magnesium that she has. And we need magnesium to open and shut that valve that the acid goes up or stays in where it's supposed to be. And, but it's not appropriate to take a newborn baby, the acid mantle on their skin and soak them, dunk them in magnesium. And so I created a magnesium lotion specifically for my grandbabies. And we've got a magnesium spray that I love. And we've got a magnesium muscle cream that's really good pre and post workout because magnesium is an important part of your muscle recovery and those muscles and and using those muscles is crucial in metabolic adaptability. And so we want to make sure that we're fueling them before and fueling them after. And so our muscle cream has some uh, light methylation and then loads of that beautiful magnesium. I was just writing down muscle cream because I need to look into that a lot more, especially for someone like myself. I'm, I'm part crazy or maybe I'm full crazy. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I live six days a week and I do cardio, high intensity run, yeah. you know, whatever my mind can get on. You demand a lot of guitar. your body. And so people who do that need more magnesium. And so that goes back to that individual burn rate. So when you're demanding a lot from your body like that, we've got to make sure we're fueling it with the spark plug to open up the door to recovery. And that's magnesium. Exactly. So thank you so much for sharing that. That's fantastic. And her website and will be in the show notes as well. So everyone knows how to get to Kristen and the amazing products that she has. So thank oh, you so much again you. for sharing that. Now, superfoods, right? 
we 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 you know we 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 like catchy words in today's society, right? We know right. keto, paleo, this right. that. You know now superfood has become a big word, right? Right. But why is calling something a superfood can be really misleading? And what do you really consider quote unquote superfoods? So I oh I have a love hate relationship with that terminology of superfood because I think in doing so we've taken on this way of thinking that a superfood has to be exotic. It was, you know, from an island in this special place that nobody else gets and you have to pay a premium price for it. And actually one of my superfoods is grapefruit juice, sends out my bile and gives me energy. <laughs> but we don't hear of grapefruit as being a superfood because it's easy to get in a grocery store. And where I live, it's easy to pick off of a tree. And so I think superfoods, I'd really like people to change that and take their power back when it comes to superfoods and figure out and increase that communication with your body. What foods make you feel really good? What foods make a difference? And that food is your superfood. And it doesn't have to be from a special island that someone discovered that is at a premium price. Grapefruit juice is my superfood. It probably always will be. My bile tends to be a little thick and thick bile slows down your energy. And so that grapefruit thins it out, but somebody else may not be their superfood. And that's where that journey that journey really comes into play. And you talked about it earlier when you, when, and I can't remember if it was our pre-talk that we talked before the podcast, but people's expectations of just thinking you can take that pill and then get, and then boom, you're healthy. And that's an unrealistic expectation. And we have that unrealistic expectation that we can just eat anything we want when in actuality, we really need to get to know our body. And there are some foods that just are not corn, not a good fit for me. Now, blue corn, I can handle in small amounts, but other than that, not a good fit for me. How do I know that? It wasn't told me. I didn't learn it on Facebook. I didn't learn it on Instagram. It was through increasing that communication with my own body and getting some feedback and recognizing I don't feel good when I eat corn. So therefore, I stay away from it because it just it isn't a good fit for me. Now, some people, beans aren't a good fit for them. For me, it's my superfood increases so many good things in my body, balances my hormones, really helps to expel things and detoxify. And it's a superfood. It doesn't matter what I see on Facebook about beans not being good for you. I don't listen to that because I've learned it for myself. I know what foods are good for me. And so that makes it less stressful to be on social media because I know what works for me. I've paid that price. I've gotten down in the weeds and figured out what's a good fit and what's not a good fit. And I'm always open to learning and adjusting. It's not a concrete thing, but I do know what makes me feel good and what doesn't make me feel good. 
communication, the most important yeah. skill, right? Or habit, however you want to put it. Communication right. is important. And I want to add to that too, when it comes to foods, our preparation is, is a big part of that. Like beans, for example, we're not talking about canned beans. We're talking about beans that you, that you take them, you soak them, mm-hmm. and you pressure cook them. You prepare them properly. Broccoli is something that you want to make sure it's cooked thoroughly to get the anti-nutrients out, like stuff like that. So sometimes we eat a food and we think, oh, my body just doesn't like it. Well, maybe right. you need to get a better version. Maybe you need to get organic. Always well, tell the story. Yeah, I'm sorry, I said this. Always tell the story that in Jamaica we don't use the word organic. And when I moved to America, it took me years to figure out what organic really meant because they're like, this is organic and it costs more. And I'm like, why? I don't get it. And then when people explain to me, I'm like, but that's, that's just farming. Like, I don't understand. And when I learned how bad our farming practices are, I started yeah. to realize the importance of organic, but organic is not like, a magic thing. Organic is the way farming is actually supposed to be, how the right. food is supposed to be. But we get all those um, toxins, right, through the way, through our bad practices that we have. But you have something to say, so go ahead. So, you know, as you were talking, I had a couple of thoughts. Um, so organic, let, let's even take it a step further than that and upgrade organic because organic is a lack of the synthetic fertilizers, but that doesn't mean it's optimal nutrition. Um, my husband's passion is permaculture farming, and that's really paying attention to the soil and creating communication with the soil and respecting that soil and rebuilding the minerals and the nutrients in the soil so that our foods are not just organic, but they have the nutrients available and that bioavailability and the communication that happens from plant to plant. And I live in California where there's monocrops. You can drive down and there will be the same tree planted in perfect rows mile after mile after mile. And that's called a monocrop. Therefore, there's no interacting or communicating with other plants, no sharing nutrients or taking nutrients from those other plants. And so I think it's time to really upgrade organic and think of permaculture and really not just a lack of synthetic fertilizer, but let's restore those nutrients that need to be in those plants. Because you can go to the grocery store and you can buy an organic red pepper and it does not have the magnesium levels that a conventional grown red pepper had 50 years ago. And so really restoring that nutrition needs to be a part of this equation and this communication that we're happening. Exactly. And I'm glad you brought up monocropping too, because that is really destroying our crops. It's destroying the soil. And one of the reasons why foods from 50 years ago have way more minerals than they do today, because the the minerals in the soil is not there. So the monocropping is a big part of it. So you're definitely right. And thank you so much for bringing that up. Now, we've talked about magnesium a lot, right? And we've talked about getting it from, you know, foods, the foods that we eat, especially dark leafy greens. But do you have anything to add to that, like natural ways of getting magnesium? No, my all-time favorite food is actually a company um, here in California. It's called Creo Brew. It's a drinking chocolate, and it has more magnesium than any food I've ever seen. And the fact that people will experience 
the difference in their magnesium levels drinking Creo Brew. I, again, I'm not affiliated with them, but a little shout out to their company. I love Creo Brew. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, the last question I had um, before we wrap this puppy up. Okay. Let's talk about Epsom salts, right? Because uh, you gave me the magnesium salt on the magnesium bath, which is, again, fantastic. But why are Epsom salts, I'm sorry, why would magnesium be better, magnesium salt be better than Epsom salts? I think this is the number one question that I've been asked for the last 20 years. And I'm really glad that you asked it so I can really help people understand. So let me go back a little bit so you have some context. My sisters and I, we look very similar. I have one sister that can take apart an engine and put it back together on her kitchen table. I can't do that. But we have very similar qualities. Very similar. Now, that sister cannot tell me what kind of shoes I have on. And I know what kind of shoes I have on. I'm a shoe shopper. I love shoes. So again, very different qualities, even though we look very similar. And so now take that and let's jump over to magnesium. Epsom salts are great, but they cannot get you to cell saturation. Epsom salts are loaded with sulfates, which magnesium chloride does not have. Sulfates are really good for liver function. It takes 400 cups of Epsom salts to equal a quarter cup of that magnesium that I sent you. So if you are like me and your goal is cell saturation, you will not go to the sister and ask her to shop for shoes when her gift is putting engines and taking them apart on your table. She's never going to be able to do it ever. She's not into shoes. She does engines. If you came to me and asked me about an engine, I'm clueless. I, I, I'm, I, I would not know the first thing about engines like she does. And so we need to go to Epsom salts, utilizing the benefits and the strengths of Epsom salts. And their strength is giving you sulfates for your liver. So when I soak in magnesium, I add a couple scoops of Epsom salts because the magnesium chloride does not have that. The magnesium chloride undiluted as a sea brine can get you to cell saturation. And then we add some Epsom salts to get that boost of sulfates. So follow-up question, how often do you soak in the magnesium chloride? So I recommend people do a 30-day challenge, and that's where they soak every day for 30 days, realizing they're going to miss a couple here and there, and that's okay. But they, they get 80% of those 30 days that they're soaking in magnesium, and then they get tested because it's going to vary how much you need to soak from how much I need to soak. And remember, our goal with that red blood cell magnesium test is 6.3 or above. Thank you so much for sharing that. This has been a fantastic episode. My audience is going to love it. I've learned a lot listening to you, Kristen. This, this was great. Thank you so much for being well, here. And thank, thank you, so much you for, for having me on. And I, I think you need to have your guitar and sing at the end of your podcast. <laughs> I don't know. I might turn some people off. My singing voice <laughs> needs a little work. So, um, you know, we, we, we'll see how that works out. <laughs>
so what are some of the best ways for my audience to get in touch with you? Um, they can go to my website, the longest website name <laughs> on the web, livingthegoodlifenaturally.com. And I'm active on social media and um, they can get in touch with me that way. Perfect. Thank you so much. And of course, our website will be in the uh, in the show notes. My apologies there. And uh, the show notes are going to be zikahealth.com slash... Um, Oh, I draw a blank there. The show notes are going to be zikahel.com slash, I go right there, Kristen B. Apologize. Awesome. First Thank name, you so first much. initial, last name. So I always do it. And of course, the show notes are going to be in the description of the podcast itself. So. Thank you, Kristen, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day, okay? Oh, thank you for having me on. There is such work that goes on behind the scenes on the podcast. And so you made it so easy for me just to pop up, talk about what I love, and then leave. So a huge thank you to you and your team for all the things that happen behind the scenes. Thank you so much. And again, thank you for being here, Kristen. Mm, Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Zika Health Show. If you got good quality content out of this or any of my episodes, save, subscribe, and share it with family, friends, co-workers, or anyone who needs this information. Remember, always take the scenic route and enjoy the ride.